0: Today on PS Blossom, we introduce Heidi Williamson. Sit back, prop up your feet, sip on some cool lemonade, and listen in as Heidi shares her story of growing up as a teen in rural Georgia and how it shaped her experiences in becoming pro-sex, pro-blackness, and pro-woman. This month and every month, we celebrate your lived experiences and acknowledge that living them is enough. My name is Heidi Williamson. I am the Principal Consultant of Infinite Idea Consulting, and I am a reproductive justice advocate. My journey started many years ago when I was a teenager and was contemplating being sexually active. I grew up in rural Georgia about 60 miles north of Atlanta. And I noticed that a number of people around me were having sex or doing a number of intimate things, but a, a majority of people were not being safe or, or doing things what I in a way that I would now call a, a responsible way. So when I thought about having sex, or was it, the subject came up between me and my boyfriend, I reached out to a relative who was also in high school, and she recommended a nurse. A nurse who was not only good with teenagers, but was very pro-sex and just an all-around health advocate for women and girls in the local area. Now this nurse was 30 minutes away and according to my cousin, it was the only viable option. Why? Because in one clinic, I had an older relative who was related to my father. In another local clinic, there was a church member who went to church with my mother. And at a third local clinic, there was another relative who had a reputation for telling the business of whomever came into her clinic. So the option for this nurse in Athens, Georgia became the only option. I made the decision to go, met the nurse and told her my concerns. I had already started my period, so I'd had conversations with a nurse and a doctor prior to that visit, but there was something a little bit different about this particular examination. She wanted to do you know, the physical examination, but before we got to that, there were a number of questions that she asked that just were surprising to me. She wanted to know how I was feeling. She explained the difference between what was happening to my body biologically versus what was happening as a result of, of various circumstances. She wanted to know had I heard or under if I understood what consent meant and did I feel like I was making a decision based on what I wanted or what someone else wanted. And the depths of her questions made me realize, okay, I I may not be ready for sex. This may not be my thing right now. So uh, a number of months went by and I went to see her again because i had had some more conversations with my boyfriend at the time who was older. And I think I was putting, you know, some pressure on me. And again, we had a conversation. The focus of the visit wasn't simply to look at my anatomy and worry about the clinical side of things, but rooted in this space of making sure I was emotionally mature and feeling safe within my relationship and understood the various components that made up a healthy relationship. At 16, she put me on birth control. I had not had sex at that point, but part of me really thought that it was essential to do this. And she agreed with me that it was better to be safe than sorry. Now, this was a pretty big deal. To get birth control without my parents knowing was enormous. So I was raised in rural Georgia with a very religious family. My pastor went to college with Martin Luther King Jr. and civic engagement, voting and being a good citizen, having an education, representing your family well, Respectability politics, to be blunt, played a major role in how I was raised and my parents and family and community made it clear what was expected of me. So something like birth control was absolutely out of the question simply because my upbringing taught me Good Christian girls don't have sex. Good Christian girls have nothing to worry about. Birth control is something that, you know, women who have more than one partner worry about. If you simply focus on God's word, mind your education and prioritize all the things in life that we've set you up for, you'll be all right. So for a moment When the nurse put the prescription in my hand, it felt surreal. In some instances, I felt like I was betraying all the things that I had been taught, all the people who said they loved me. Even though their lessons around sex, sexuality, relationships were... Lessons around marginalization and silence. They were lessons around how it was my job to uphold a man, not consider myself or my pleasure or my desire to be in a healthy relationship. And I was grappling with that. I had no one to talk to aside from this nurse, the cousin that recommended that nurse to me. So, fast forward maybe eight months, I told my best friend my desire to have sex and there were a number of questions that came came at me from, from her. And what I didn't, realized was that as I was educating her about my experience I was educating her to some extent about her own experience and validating some of the needs and questions and concerns that she had so many months after I received my first prescription for birth control there were a number of Girls at my high school who had also gotten information about me, wanted to know where I had gone, what had happened, what did I learn? Not just the technical aspects, again, of what the medical services looked like, even though many of them needed that. And they wanted that without the watchful eye of their mother or father looking over them, there really were a number of questions around how they were feeling, what kind of relationship they were in, what did violence look like, what did healthy relationships look like, and what what did it mean to be ready? I didn't know then that that experience was my first sort of foray into leadership and even mentorship of peers and people coming behind me. It never occurred to me then that learning to advocate for myself in the doctor's office could translate into a profession in the public sphere. But as a lobbyist or former lobbyist as former organizer and communications specialist. What I found was that my lived experience translated organically into those professions because I understood what it meant to have a need and to feel alone and as if there were little to no resources there to serve me. And so after I went to college. I use the lessons personally, still without thinking about the role that it would play in my professional life. I, I use the lessons I learned to negotiate relationships, advocate for myself, not just on an intimate level, but also just in setting boundaries for myself and the relationships that I had as I was becoming an adult. And I don't know that I would have had that skill set, those tools to be able to do it in a way where it built the relationship, it sustained the relationship, and it strengthened the relationship so that I could either learn from it or, or leave it and, and be okay with either outcome. So, I would I would definitely say that when I think about my my childhood or my formative years in high school, the experience of of engaging this nurse, of working with my friends To, in essence, you know, get the information we needed, get the services that we needed to be able to learn about our bodies, relationships, intimacy, all of these things in an environment that was hostile towards all of that. Really shaped my perspective on life and the kind of world I wanted to see. To grow up in an environment where you're told your faith or your religion is essential and should be the guiding force and that the God that you love is omnipresent, omnipotent, and forgiving. But at the same time, he hates gay people and hates people who have sex out of wedlock and hates people who bear children outside of wedlock and is not willing to forgive certain sins. Like there's this hierarchy of sin that you have to be mindful of, and, you know, some things are more forgivable than others. It really colored how I engaged not only religious institutions, but how I engaged my own sexuality and intimate relationships. So I knew that I wanted to be in community that had a more expansive view of religion A more expansive view of God and God's goodness and accept all parts of me. And I did a great deal of work, not just in reproductive health rights and justice, but I have done a great deal of work at the intersection of reproductive justice and religion because, in many ways, the left has acquiesced that um, role to the right. And I think that there are many of us in the middle who believe that bodily autonomy and personal need and individual faith guide the decisions that we make in life. And while I don't have children, I'm glad I was able to make that choice. While I, in many respects, am a family of one, I'm glad that I learned that sex and sexuality are divine and that it is as connected to me as my passion to be politically active or to be an artist, to write, to write, And to tell stories that uplift and highlight the experiences of Black women. All of these things, even those things that feel contradictory, even those things that feel not easily congruent, are things that are necessary in order to to make life this beautiful collage that it is. And I think the lesson in that is your lived experience is enough. Whatever it is that has taught you to be yourself, love yourself, own your experience is powerful and is worth understanding and heralding because at each intersection, the the beauty of, of it can inspire other people and it can help you immensely. The last thing I'll say is I am very clear and learned early on how my upbringing has shaped me internally as well as externally. So I, I know a number of people who, well, a lot of people actually, I think, look at me and sort of see a conservative, in many instances, a very privileged person, and I own my privilege. I am a straight, cisgendered, uh, black woman who was raised in you know middle class Georgia and I identify as Christian, and I think a lot of People think, but for my race, that has uh, given me a great deal of privilege and opportunity. And in some respects, they're right. But for all the things that may appear conservative, I also recognize that that gives me a certain amount of responsibility to talk to other people who look like me about the fact that I am pro sex, I am pro sexuality. I am pro-Blackness. I am pro-woman. I am pro-queerness. And I have a myriad of experiences and a number of people in my community that I love and support. It's not enough for me to simply be in community with people who, are, who identify as LGBTQI. You need to be accepting And loving, I'm not the person that you tolerate differences around. I'm the person you celebrate differences around. And I think that's the power that individuals who may look different or have certain privileges, that's the role we have to play as allies and co-conspirators and uh, supporters in this movement. At the end of the day, my reproductive justice journey is like no other and it has a lot of twists and turns, particularly challenging people who raised me and said they loved me but gave me clear, unrelenting and unbearable in many instances, parameters on what my faith should look like, what my love and friendship should look like and what my life should look like. And to dictate your life on your own terms requires courage, power, and strength that everyone has to draw on for themselves.